calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Battleground Productions presents Brass, the audio series. Episode 27, Dressing Rooms and Drawing Rooms. The year is 1886, and in a very different London, an odd company of a mistress of disguise, a pugilist, and a theatre phantom have emerged from a secret passage into the Royal Strand Theatre, closed to the public and utilised by criminals. The phantom leads his companions to a stairwell backstage. Here, this is as far as I care to go. Up those stairs and the first door on your left, it is the office of Kensington Gore. Next to the dressing rooms? Miss Brass, I believe it was a dressing room, at least the last time I checked. Why were you checking it? It is my hobby, looking after these old theatres. This one, the Royal Strand, is one of my favourites. I love to sit in the upper balcony and watch the empty stage, remembering the supreme moments that I have seen in my life. The true majestic wonder of Keane, the sublime voice of Caruso, the beautiful sensibilities of... Mrs. Terry. I am fortunate that Mrs. Ellen Terry considers me a true friend. So glad to hear you're getting on. I respect her talent enormously. And she has proven herself to be very broad-minded in accepting my companionship. She's told me you're a dear man. Did she? Thank you. I... I've been working very hard on some of my past issues regarding women. Yes? I had... a certain unhealthy attachment to one young lady. Mrs. Terry has been remarkably understanding and has given me much sage advice. We should be getting to this office. Of course. Until we meet again, Miss Brass and Mr. Abraham. Please, call me Gwendolyn. Oh, I would be delighted to. And my name is Eric. Eric. Up these stairs, you say? Yes, on the left. If you have need of me, call out. Who knows? I may be nearby. Bit of a strange person. Oh, I think he's a sweetie. What do you think is under the jeweled mask? The left side of his face, which he prefers to keep private. Fair enough. None of my business. Ah, here we are. 
The office of Kensington Gore? You know, I've never seen the inside of a criminal boss's lair before, but this looks more like a fancy actress's dressing room. You're right. Complete with makeup mirrors, posters, costume racks. A divan, a little side table with tchotchkes. I don't understand. Uh, this dresser over here, it's got some files in it. And this rack over here are all men's clothes. Men's clothes? Yes. Over here, next to the mirrors, there's a drawing of some gentleman. You know him? Not at all. Wait, that's not just any sort of drawing. It's a character study. Oh, oh what's that? It's sort of a plan for creating a theatrical character. Or could it be... Where are you going? To smell the men's shirts. Oh. Is it a compulsion? A hunch. Yes. This one, too. I'm right. You're right. I do so love being right, Mr. Abraham. Look at the drawing. Do you know who that is? Kensington Gore. Correct. And... What I'm saying is that both of you need to work on your presence. Someone's coming. Behind the door. For all your bustles and scowling, neither of you come across as particularly menacing at all. Hello. Who are you? Felicity Tildwell. I'm very sorry. I seem to have come into your dressing room. Felicity who? Hit them. With pleasure. <laughs> My goodness, who are you? Hit her too. What? Hit her! Knock her out! Uh, it's against my code to hit a lady. How chivalrous. Not mine. <laughs> oh. 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 Did you not see her reaching for that derringer? I didn't. Did you... Are those brass knuckles? Steel, in my case. Here. I don't think I've ever seen a force multiplier engraved with roses before. I would guess, Mr. Abraham, that you have never met a woman like me before either. That is certainly true. Well, let's get started. Use those sashes to tie them up, and then find a storage closet to put them all into. I can do that. Uh, what can I ask are you going to do? Well, first, hand me her purse. Good. Now let's see if there's a... Aha! A note with the crime minister's stamp. Ten o'clock, the Club of Queer Trades, and the date's tomorrow night. I've a bit of time, then. Please, if you would, Mr. Abraham, pack them up and put them into someplace secure. Uh, certainly, but what are you doing? Isn't it obvious? Not in the least. I have to learn to make myself up to look like the man in the picture. Who is... Kensington Gore. I see. The challenge, of course, is that there is no Kensington Gore. What? Look at the picture. Then look at Trasano. All right. Wait. They look... Alike. Because they are alike. Kensington Gore is her creation. She's playing the part of her own boss. Extraordinary. Ingenious. That's why you sniffed the jacket. Precisely. And they all smelled of the same floral perfume that she uses. Otto of Roses, I do believe. Bit pretentious, if you ask me. Ergo, Trasano is Kensington Gore. You are quite a detective, Miss Brass. I apprenticed with the best. And you may call me Gwendolyn. All right, Gwendolyn. And it's Dan. I'll get these three stowed away. There's probably a closet somewhere that'll hold them. Make sure it's steady enough to hold them through tomorrow. Oh, save her for last. I need to study her face. What? Why? Well, when you think about it, I need to impersonate Trasano here, impersonating someone else. What an interesting challenge. I suppose the voice is the tricky part, but I think I can do her and then guess at how she'd do a man. You're going to impersonate Kensington Gore? Indeed. 
Well, I've got till tomorrow night, but much to prepare, so I better get started. Wait, you are not going to this meeting at this club of queer trade? Of course I am. This has been the whole point of this exercise. Oh, well, I guess I could have asked earlier, but I don't know if I'd understand it any better. Mr. Abraham, I am infiltrating the regular meeting of a cabal of criminals by impersonating one of their number who, it seems, has been impersonating her boss for some time, if not from the beginning. That I understand, or I think. Okay, let me store these bodies and let me find out where this club is. I'm terribly sorry, but from this point on, this is a solo endeavor. Why? I have learned that it is best to attempt infiltration only with seasoned agents. While I admire your skill with your fists, unless you have some experience in espionage, I must ask you to stay behind. You're going to go into a robber's den, disguised as a robber, with no one to protect you. I, I appreciate your chivalry, but why does she keep her nose putty? Miss Brass, uh, Gwendolyn, I do not question your skills as a fighter. They've been demonstrated to me, but perhaps you might consider some extra muscle to back you up. The thought is appreciated, Dan. Truly. Tell you what. The best thing you can do for me is to go tell Ponder my plan. If neither of you hear back from me in 48 hours, follow my trail. That one's waking up. Let me put him to sleep. All right, Gwendolyn, I'll do as you tell me. I just hope I won't be regretting my choice tomorrow evening. You won't. And perhaps tomorrow we can meet mid-morning for brunch. Brunch? What's that? The latest craze among late-night carousers. I think it's really just a way of making yourself feel fancy for sleeping in. As the pugilist lugs the unconscious bodies out of the dressing room, at that exact same moment, Ponder Wright has called on the lodgings of his elder brother Mordecai, until recently the Minister of Science, but now... Not even allowed in the ministry! Did you know I worked with the architect on the very design of the building? You may have mentioned it from time to time. It is an outrage, I tell you. Oh, no doubt, Mordecai. No oh, doubt. Brandy, Ponder. With a dash of... Not Meg and turmeric, as you like it. You are a good brother. Just protecting my substantial investment. Mordecai, I have need of a favor. Can you get me permission to pay a visit to the science ministry? Absolutely not. But surely, as the former minister of science... Uh, former? And now, not even allowed into my old building. This isn't politics as usual. I tell you, this awful Trent fellow and their whole pack around him, they're a bad lot, brutish, greedy, ineffective. Well, they got your party out of office, so not entirely ineffective. By appealing to the worst in people and sowing division wherever they can. The Conservative Party, as we knew it, has become the Trent Party, a crowd of neophyte MPs and decadent lords who've got no principles other than following their leader to permanent power. Permanent power? You don't believe they're planning a coup? Planning? <laughs> it's past that. They've pulled one off. Which is why you must for once in your full life listen to me when I give you advice. All right, Mordecai. I'll even turn up my ear. While losing my post as the Minister of Science is, of course, a blow to my career. 
The most worrying aspect is that I am no longer in a position to protect you. Protect me? Yes. Brother, since you paid for my rehabilitation and repairs, you've repeatedly put me in harm's way. I've been shot at, stabbed, temporarily imprisoned, and very nearly drowned while on various missions in aid of Queen and Country, and to pay off my debt to you. While you have on occasion done your patriotic duty at my request. Ha! My urging, then. You should also know that I have recently stood as a bulwark between you and certain individuals who have shown themselves to be displeased with your actions. Which actions? I understand that prior to their deaths, members of the Brass family employed you for an investigation. That is correct. May I ask regarding what? Ask away, dear brother, and I shall demonstrate the same silence I employ when others ask the nature of my government service undertaken for you. Well, whatever the nature of your inquiry has been, you've shook some high rafters. Citing your behavior during the Babbage Street incident, certain efforts are underway to bring you in for questioning and possible prosecution. Prosecution? For what? There are reports that you wounded and may have killed several people on that day, including police constables. The reports are wrong. I most definitely killed several combatants, and I'm equally sure one of them was a policeman who, moments before, had been trying to kill one of the constables I was with. Uh, no doubt there was a lot of confusion. Not in retrospect, Mordecai. I wrote down my account of the events later the same day and can give that exact same report with witnesses to corroborate before any court in the land. You don't understand, Ponda. They aren't looking to try you. They're looking to get rid of you. Don't you recall the legendary Chinese curse? May you live in interesting times? May you come to the attention of important people, and you, dear brother, are on the mind of a number of very important people. I'm flattered. You should be afraid. Afraid? There is little that Trent and his pack won't do to those they regard as their enemies. You ask about the Ministry of Science. Let me tell you this. The building that I helped design and equip, a multidisciplinary research laboratory unparalleled in England, has been transformed into something little more than a guarded prison. A prison? Who's been kept there? Many of my former scientist colleagues. In their offices? The main floor of the building is apartments with private laboratories and rudimentary living quarters in case of long nights. Now, each of them houses a scientist under lock and key and the supervision of guards. That's outrageous. By what legal right are they holding private citizens? Oh, <laughs> it's not legal in the least. But who's to protest? The scientists certainly can't. Several of them were dragged out of their own homes, regardless of standing or reputation. Von Hoffmann, the chief science advisor, stripped of his title and tossed in with the rest of them. But surely, if this was brought to Parliament... Ah, oh, dear brother, for all the good that the technocrats and the liberals can do, they might as well be under lock and key as well. I can't believe it. And this is why you must resist your natural urge to be 
bullheaded and instead return to your home, pack your bags, and take the next train to Dover. I've friends across the continent who can provide you with assistance. When all of this is over, and I pray it sooner than later, you can return home. But for now, Ponder, you must leave. You can't exactly blend in here in London and hope that they won't pick you up, because they will. It's simply a matter of time before you're under lock and key yourself. Well, if that's the case, I'd better use what time I have effectively. Mordecai, do you still have a copy of the blueprints to the Ministry of Science? Yes, of course. I am immensely proud of the work I did with the architect. And they would be... Ah, right over here. You know, I keep meaning to get these framed. In that case, I'll do my best to keep them from being destroyed. What? Give those back. I hope to, after I've made use of them. Also, I have a few questions. Oh, Ponder. After all I've told you, you're going to do something entirely different and no doubt idiotic, aren't you? You know me so well, Mordecai. Eh, don't tell me what it is. I shan't. Well, if you've chosen the primrose path, I don't know when I'll see you again, so well, I might as well give you your birthday present early. What is it? I know it's here. Happy birthday, Ponder. Oh, Mordecai. It's beautiful. How does it... It, it... it slots through the side panel. Here, let me get my kit and I'll install it. You know, as far as brothers go, you're not so bad. Well, you have your qualities, I suppose. Mostly the ones I paid for. As Mordecai makes certain mechanical adjustments to his brother, and Gwendolyn prepares herself to infiltrate a cabal of villains, what shall be the outcome of these desperate actions? To receive an answer to this and several other queries, join us next time for further revelations in the world of brass. Brass is manufactured by Battleground Productions and features Kate Cray as Lady Brass, Charles Leggett as Lord Brass, Catherine Grant Sutty as Gwendolyn Brass, and Jeremy Adams as Cyril Brass, with Larry Albert, Margie Bickman, Lisa Carswell, Yusuf L. Gindy, Nancy Fry, Ronnie Hill, Philip Keeman, John Longenbar, Matt Middleton, Terry Edward Moore, Tad Morgan, and Nikki Vissel. Brass was recorded at Seattle Voice Academy, engineered by Shana Pennington-Bard and Chris Lea, with sound designed by Kirsty Gilmore and music composed by Bruce Monroe. It was written and directed by John Longenbar. For more information on Brass, go to battlegroundproductions.org, find us on Facebook and Instagram, and to support us, fund us on Patreon, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs>